the Boys of Tech with Edwin Herman and friends. Thanks for joining us. This is the Boys of Tech, episode 231 for the week commencing Monday the 9th of September 2013. My name is Edwin Herman. We're doing the show live this time from Fidel's Cafe, uh, Cuba Street, Wellington. And joining me this week, we have, for the first time on the show, Justin Fenton. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Ed. Thank hey, you. Hey, how are you doing? Yeah, very good. Thank you. How was your weekend? Oh, my weekend was great. Thank you for asking, Ed. It was a lovely day today. Spent the day with my family. It was very good. Excellent. And it was beautiful weather too. It was like summer just about this afternoon, wasn't it? It was. And also joining us this week, we have Brett King. Welcome to the show, Brett. Hey, hey. Hey. So, Brett, how was your weekend so far? Ah, oh, perfectly fine. Could have been longer. Oh, yeah. Weekends are always, always too short. Indeed. I preferred my weekend last week. It's five days long. You Sorry. had a five-day weekend? Yeah. What did you do? Nothing. It was awesome. Nice. I need, I need one of those. Where can I buy one of those? Anyway, let's look at the stories uh, we've got uh, this week. First of all, I thought we'd kick off with some interesting stats on the, uh, the browser market share. Now, what we've got is an interesting little blip uh, last month where it appears that Internet Explorer might be regaining ground a little bit. Excellent. I'm kind of not surprised about this because I find myself... Uh, using Internet Explorer a little bit more, and I'll tell you why. It's because it's mostly, almost perfectly, standards compliant. Indeed. It's a damn nice browser. Yeah, it's a very good browser. But, of course, it, it, depending on how you measure, now there's two different ways that these can be measured. Uh, one firm measures total browser usage, so, so basically every hit, if you like, is recorded and, and tallied up. Indeed, across their network of web pages. That's right, and that's stat counter. Net applications, what they do is they basically only take once per day. So that gives you a better indication of... Uh, individual usage. That's right, individual usage per, per user, if you like, um, which is very different to, uh, to the skewed results that you get if you, if you look at every hit. So depending on who you look at, according to stat counter, this is the one that measures every hit, uh, we have an interesting one in the lead. It's Chrome, isn't it? Indeed. And it could just be that people who use Chrome look at that network's network of websites more often. Or just happen to use, use it a lot. Like, they, they're just heavy users. Yeah, indeed. More so than Internet Explorer. Now, this is the thing. If you go and look at the other way of measuring it by uh, net applications, Internet Explorer's in the lead at about 60% or so. With Firefox coming second, and it's not till a little later on that we come yeah. in with Chrome. Yeah, so what that tells me is that people who use Chrome use it a lot more than the people that use Internet Explorer. But more people use Internet Explorer. But more individual people use Internet Explorer, absolutely. Yeah, yeah it's if you yeah, take those, both of those statistics together. Now, interestingly, one browser has been slowly and but steadily losing, uh, losing ground, and that's Firefox. Yeah, yeah, it has been going down, and not really any blips where it has a month where it beats anybody else. Tell you what, let's do a quick poll. Justin, what browser do you use? What's your uh, preferred browser? It really depends on what I'm doing. 
if I'm using a mobile device like the one I've got in front of me now, then it's likely to be Chrome because Chrome is the standard. Oh, you just browser. use right the default, okay? Yep. If I'm using my my tablet, my Windows 8 tablet that I have at work, then obviously it's going to be Internet Explorer 10. But if I'm using a desktop, then it's a mix of Firefox and IE 9. Okay, okay. You haven't gone the Chrome way. Not for a desktop experience, no. Not for desktop. Okay, interesting. Brett, what about yourself? What are you using? Uh, well, I've got uh, Internet Explorer 10 and Opera. Opera, interesting. Now, I, I, actually uh, I really am like... one of the, one of the um, small number, the 9% of, of yeah. Opera users, according to those stats in front of us. Yeah, it's just a very, very... But, you know, I really like Opera. It's, I, it, it renders well. I liked it till the last update. Now it has a, a horrible um, freezing issue really? going on. Yeah, uh, that's no since good. the last update we've had, it's well, the, open up a page and it, it sits there and it'll freeze and it'll lock up everything and then suddenly it'll beep and everything will go again. Hmm. <laughs> well, that's certainly not going to help the market share if that's uh, the general... Uh, user experience. Indeed. I'm hoping there's going to be another fix coming out soon. Yeah, yeah. It is, a, it is a nice browser, but like you say, very, very small percentage. Um, interestingly, also, if you go to a uh, mobile browser, and this is the stat that Apple likes to... To, to bring out, to prove their um, to, dominance that, in the mobile that, field. That's right. So the leading browser there, according to Net Applications, is Safari with over 50% of, of the market share. Yeah. But that's different to, to some of the other stats you get, isn't it, when you look at page hits? Indeed. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I notice Apple always bring those. You know when they do the, um, the uh, like keynotes for the various events that they have? They, they'll always go on about, you know, the, the usage of... Like of upcoming event. Oh, yes. Now, there is an upcoming event. Indeed, September 10th. Yeah. Next announcement we're yeah, expecting. Yeah, so we'll soon find out what's... Uh, there's so many rumours on that. We won't go over the rumours because we did them last week. But, Indeed. Um, but yeah, absolutely right. It'll be interesting to see what they say there. If, if we could just talk a wee bit about that, the, this particular statistic which talks about um, the dominance of the Safari browser in the mobility space. Um, what I find interesting about that is the, it, what is the statistic for the, for the most popular mobile device or mobile operating system currently. I thought it was Android. Android, it is. Yep. Yeah, yep. Android. And if Android is the most popular mobile operating system, then you'd expect that the most popular browser would probably be Chrome or a Chrome derivative. Yeah, yeah. And, and why isn't it? So I, I don't know. I, I, I can't work it out. Uh, are people who, who use iOS devices using them more on the web? Or you could uh, argue perhaps that people who are using Android devices have downloaded and installed a Safari browser. Is that possible? Uh, no, unlikely. No, no. Yeah, highly unlikely. I suspect they're just not being used on the web as much as iOS. Or they're not being used on the websites that Net Applications monitors. Yeah, but they have a huge range of sites. It would be, I, it's possible, mm. but it's just, it'd be some freak, theory. freakish, um, you know, random chance that that happens. But yeah, it's entirely possible. Who knows? Anyway, want to talk about Candy Crush. Who's played Candy Crush? No. Actually, neither have I. I, really? I try to I avoid those Facebook games. Would have. <laughs> not, not at all. Because I have a friend. Yeah, you know, I saw this story online. So you haven't? No, I haven't. But I saw this story online. Well, of course, your your phone can't do it. Well, no, oh, no. Well, and I'm, you don't do Facebook. No, but so you you're not not anywhere I, near I do, the market do, no, for no, where I, it plays. I do have an iPad. Actually, he's, he's not a woman between the ages of twenty five and fifty either. So. <laughs> 
<laughs> thank, thank goodness for that. But I'll tell you what, I saw the story online and it's, it's how addictive it is. You know, even, it's so addictive that friends don't let friends play Candy Crush or rather friends don't let friends get hooked on Candy Crush. And I have a friend who told me exactly the same thing. She said, Ed, I'm addicted to Candy Crush. Don't you ever start playing that. It's addictive. And this was this story and I, through and through. And I thought between the two of you, Brett and Justin, that maybe one of you, if not both, might be hooked on Candy Crush. Uh, no, I don't play those kind of games. And neither do I, and I actually don't know anyone who plays it either. Really? Okay. Neither. <laughs> oh, well, we won't go any further with that story. Then. That's the end of that one. Let's, <laughs> let's move right along. We, we can talk about the addictive nature of that particular well, game. That type of game. Yeah, well, why, do, why do people get addicted to those? Because they're simple um, time filler sorts of games, and if they're marked, well, if they're made well, they're hard enough to be a challenge, but easy enough to overcome. And what I also found interesting about this particular story was the description by one of the one of the self-identified Candy Crush addicts that she finds it more fulfilling and more. What's the word I'm looking for? More. Um, better in terms of her time use to play Candy Crush and to watch TV. Really? Really? 30 minutes a day. I, I, you know, mm-hmm. I, I don't get it with those games. She obviously like, finds more enjoyment out of it. They're know, more productive. That's the word I was looking for. She, more playing productive. Candy Crush is more productive than watching TV. Well, in Candy Crush you get a score and you can go up in level and um, oh, watching television, you just watch reality TV. Well, and television's just totally passive, whereas obviously Candy Crush is is. interactive in some way. (laughs) At least your finger's getting a workout with Candy Crush. (laughs) Yeah, look, I don't know what it is. I mean, I've tried some of those sorts of games. I'll play them for a day or two, and then I'm bored. You know, maybe it's because I'm ADD. I don't know. Anyway, speaking of ADD, let's move on to the next story and talk about this uh, story from India. Now, no one really knows what the truth is behind this, but... Here's what it is. A passenger claims that she'd switched on the in-flight entertainment system. This is on an Air India flight from London to Mumbai. And anyway, she switched on this this in-flight entertainment system, and then two messages greeted her. The first one was, this selection is not currently available. Please try again later. And then, after a while, the second message came up, which said, lie low, sit down, you idiot. <laughs> so anyway, she complained to Air India. Air India came back and they said, "Our investigation indicates that it was the English subtitle of a Hindi movie that the lady passenger was watching, which froze on the screen when the server went offline." But she disputes that, or she, she well, I don't know if she disputes it, but she finds it highly suspicious because she says the font of that. You know, of the of the message was identical yeah. to the first one that said the selection isn't currently available. So she suspects that someone's, you know, tampering with the system or having a bit of a joke. But then you would expect the font to be the same. I mean, it's a subtitle font on that particular system, and then it was a service message on that particular system. So it probably has only the one font that he uses for both anyway. Well, it depends. If the font the font would be in the movie, not in the the system, I would have thought. No, it wouldn't be because uh, the subtitles aren't burnt into the movie themselves. Ed. The subtitles oh, are overlaid yeah, they, a over se- top separate of. Track, so right, it's entirely right. possible that yeah. yes, it's a separate track that uses, as Justin said, the same fonts that okay. the overlay messages for all that system use. So really, Air India's explanation could be could be quite plausible. Oh, quite plausible. It's but we all have a story where someone's hacked the system, and you know, you've all seen those road sign, the, the roadside signs that have been hacked. The um, Easter eggs that end up in software, Microsoft, yeah. Excel, various other... And when it's mm. someone's last day, they put in a funny message. 
Oh, well, it looks like it, was a, it wasn't uh, the, the case this time. But anyway. <laughs> well, that's our theory. Sorry? That's our theory, at least. We don't know what it was. No, we, no one knows. No one really knows. But, uh, yeah. Maybe it was, you know, uh, um, an air hostess who has the ability to interact with the system who didn't particularly like that person because she was rude to her, maybe. Who knows? Or it could have been a subtitle. There's so much context missing from that article. We, we don't know what she was doing. If she was just sitting down anyway, then yeah, very likely it was the subtitle. If she'd been up and about. So she saw a subtitle that was a little bit rude, uh, a message that could have been taken a little bit rude. construed as being rude. And she thought it was directed to her. Out of context, <laughs> absolutely. Indeed. Oh, and even if it wasn't a subtitle and was in fact some sort of system message left over from an easter egg or a a developer having fun it still wouldn't be directed at her yeah, that's a right, little yeah. paranoid mm. <laughs> you're right that's yeah absolutely now this next story i cannot believe they built they're building this new uh, what they call a walkie-talkie building because the shape of it looks like a, a walkie-talkie it's a skyscraper in london mm-hmm. brand new building it's, it hasn't been finished yet so they're still putting on the um the exterior glass it's very shiny. It's very shiny, and that is exactly the point of this next story. Would you believe, apparently, a Jaguar was parked in the street nearby, and by the, the, you know, the sun's rays reflecting off that building, it heated the surface of the Jaguar so much that it melted some of the body. Well, look at can, the... Can you believe that, though? I, I can. Look at the shape of the, it, it the looks, side. It it's looks quite, parabolic. Exactly. It's yeah. quite parabolic. And they obviously did not have a, a look when the architects designed it as, okay, where's the focal point for this, <laughs> for this curvature well, of our windows going to be? But what I want to know is... What kind of materials are they using? <laughs> what kind of materials are they using in Jaguars if they melt that that easily? I mean, come on. Well, they're using some pretty high quality plastics, but depending on the focal point of that mirror, that's you've seen Edward. You you do physics. You know that you can roast animals using mirrors. You you. <laughs> You, you can get. You're talking about pruning ants with micro, microscope um, uh, magnifying lens, aren't you? Yeah, aren't you? and solar ovens. Yeah, but look, the thing is, I'm looking at a picture here. What's. That's not. Is that plastic or is yes, that. Yes, that's plastic. Oh, is it? It's a plastic part of the. Why is the car. Window surround. Why is there. I don't get it. Why, why is there plastic there? Uh, a lot of high end performance vehicles are made of plastic because they're significantly lighter and it improves the performance of the vehicle. Exactly, it's material science. But what I find interesting about this story, though, is that it is, it's an architectural flaw. And when you consider the yeah. technical perspective yeah. of that, and these architects use tools like uh, computer-aided design tools or AutoCAD, and all of those tools have the capability of defining the light sources and the light reflection on, of, yeah. these device, of, uh, of these buildings. So mm. at some stage, someone must have said, oh, let's run the light. Oh, look at that. It's, uh, it's focusing on, on a point in the ground. On a car park, and it's going to be like you know, 400 degrees or something. <laughs> and, oh, yeah, exactly. And, of course, the, um, the borough council for, for this area, Fenchurch Street, wherever it is, has uh, suspended three of the car parks to prevent anyone from yeah, parking Yeah, that's there. right. You know, what I, you know what I would do? I'd bring my dinner along. Indeed. Actually, it was on the news recently. I think over two days ago, there was a guy standing on Fenchurch Street with an egg and a spoon holding it under the light. Really? Yeah. Is that right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> a guy the thing is, isn't this, this is like a health and safety thing. You could, walk, you could be standing there and, and start getting burned. 
Yeah, but you would have to stand there for a while. I think you, you'd... The car was parked there for two hours. And you would notice <laughs> as you started to burn. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like not like a, a laser. Frog. It's not instant. Or, or like a frog in, in, in a sl- yeah, pot of water that's slowly boiling. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah we'd, we'd, you're right. We would notice. But man, what a, what a complete bullseye. So on a really sunny day, it could be very hot. And you so, might scold yourself walking past it. So they haven't said what they're going to do to correct this, have they? I mean, no, they haven't something, said. What, something has to but be they done. have they have definitely acknowledged that it's their fault because the um, the construction company is paying for the um, damages to the the Jaguar. Oh man, just how would you feel as a project manager for that building? Ah, <laughs> uh, I would be going. Oh my God! Which one of those numpty architects did not do proper checking yeah. to see yeah. what was like, going like, to happen exactly. with these big mirrors yeah. Yeah. that are obviously sun-facing? Yeah, absolutely. Oh well, I'm glad I'm not that guy. Maybe they built the building the wrong way around. Actually, that's happened. We've had buildings in New Zealand designed in the Northern Hemisphere, and they haven't, you know, they haven't sort of flipped it for the Southern Hemisphere. Indeed. So then we, they, they built a building which had a big parabolic mirror edge which was not going to be facing the sun, but when they built it, it was facing the sun. Who knows? But it, Who knows? Yeah. Not, not a Either good way, thing. it's somebody's fault. <laughs> exactly. All right, Nokia. Now, the, you, you know, you have to be living under a rock if you don't know that Nokia has now... Well, actually, I'll go back a step. The mobile arm of Nokia has been sold uh, to Microsoft. For how, how much was it? Nine... Uh, seven, seven, 7.2 billion. 7.2 billion US dollars. That's a lot of candy. Do you know what? Ten years ago, right, Nokia was the king, wasn't it? Would it be ten years ago or a bit more than that? Maybe even less than ten years. Probably. Mm. And look at this now. It is now... There, in fact, there is no more mobile arm of Nokia. Well, I mean, there is, but it, it's under Microsoft now. Yeah. Man, things have changed. It's because so, they, were, they were late to market with, yeah. with high-end smartphones. See, they... First, they paired up with Microsoft, didn't they? they? They partnered with Microsoft. That was the first step. But late. But again, late, yeah, exactly. And so now I think they've decided, and they've said, this is the rational move. It's a hard one to make. And, of course, you know, it takes a lot of pride to do something like that, you know? I mean, this is the flagship company of Finland. And it is. And it, I think it's testament to the speed and the agility of the mobility marketplace when you consider that there are other players such as Palm, who were recently bought by Hewlett Packard. Oh, that's and true. And now they're, they're pretty much all being open sourced to LG. And then, of course, there's uh, Motorola and their, their um, subsequent um, acquisition by Google. And now we have Nokia with uh, Microsoft. And then, of course, there's Skype as well. So it's the very big players that are swallowing up all of the smaller mobility in order to maintain their dominance over that particular marketplace. But it goes for everything in the IT market. I mean, it's not too long ago that you would have said, Sun Microsystems, and now they're part of Oracle, which means Java is now an Oracle product. They, you would have said the, the largest uh, services uh, company in the world was EDS, and now they're part of Hewlett Packard. So there's oh, so are they? many. Oh, are they yeah. part of HP now? Part of HP, wow. they were yeah. by HP last it's, year. It, it, now that you sort of run through those, I realise now how much you know, it's changed. I mean, you don't really realise when, when they sort of happen in you know, ones and twos over the years, but... Just running through them like through them like that, yeah, it just goes to show. I think this, it's the pace of the change as well. It's only like uh, what what companies would still exist in five years that are that are home brands today, and then maybe even three years, maybe two years. The the pace of change with these huge acquisitions is going so quickly. 
So Nokia, of course, retains its other businesses. I think they do, um, they do some uh, cellular technology, do they? Compression or something? Yep, and they are also keeping hold of their rather extensive um, cellular patents. Ah, right, okay, yeah. I, I actually think this is a really bright and uh, brave move of Microsoft. And this is Microsoft has, a, uh, has a, a requirement to enter the mobility market with their Windows 8 and Windows 8 phone. And uh, at some stage, there's will likely be a, a merger of the two operating systems. And this is uh, Microsoft. You, you read the article, and there's, uh, they talk about the Microsoft Surface, and Microsoft already entered the hardware market with the Surface RT, Surface Pro, and now they're going to be entering the market with a um, with hardware for the yep. for the telephone and uh, tablets. You know, I've said this for a long time. You know, when when people were sort of banging on about why does Apple have such a a small market share, one of the things I said that I why I like the Mac and also other you know Apple products is because I find the hardware and the software complement each other so so well, and I still hold that belief now. And I think this is good for Microsoft. I think if they can now you know get, now that they've got their hands on mobile hardware, I think this is going to help them. I really do. I think it's a good thing. I think it's going to be a watch the space, personally, because when you consider um, the Microsoft Surface, and then you compare that to what true hardware vendors have produced in a, in a Windows 8 uh, tablet space, well, I mean, it's horses for courses, I guess, and it's, it's up to each person's um, opinion, but I think there are some very classy and slick Windows 8 tablets that are out there that potentially give Microsoft a run for their money. So if Microsoft are going to enter the hardware space, they have to go up against some pretty hefty vendors like Asus, like uh, Acer, like Samsung, but like didn't, HP. didn't we just hear from them they pulled out? It was, I think Asus and Acer both pulled out of Windows RT, at least, devices. They're no longer manufacturing those. I think we covered. Did we cover that last week, or was that just a news item I picked up somewhere? I, can't I would be surprised if they end Windows 8 Pro or even the Windows 8 um, Home User Marketplace. No, yeah, this is just the RT, um, just the know. arm, the arm section. Yeah, yeah, right. Kim.com has stepped down from Mega. That was, of course, the, the uh, company he founded, the uh, Secure Locker company. Indeed, the replacement to Mega Upload, Mega Upload which. Yeah. Um, that's yeah, right. The, the American government took umbrage with. Which, incidentally, by the way, Mega is currently working on a secure email service as well. That, that's Indeed. To um, take over from a lot of the secure email services that folded after the um, Snowden incident. Yep, that's right. So now, Kim.com's got two major projects on the go. What are they, Brett? Uh, well, obviously, his defence against the extradition and against the, the whole um, copyright infringement case. Absolutely. Um, the mega upload conspiracy, <laughs> um, as well as uh, a couple of other projects he's got. His um, mega box, the, the music, uh, the music side, as well as um, pol political intentions. That's right. He's going to start a political party, right? In, yeah, We're here in New anyway. Zealand. That's, yep, what New Zealand that's what he's planning. Yeah, political party. Who's going to vote for Kim.com? Would you vote for him, Justin? I would have to see what, it is, what his platform is before I'd make a decision on whether or not to vote for him. And, you know, if he had a good platform and, and he had good policies and he had a way to, to implement them, then, yeah, maybe. But, but you wouldn't just vote for him because of who he is? Uh, well, obviously not. No. Uh, that, that, well, I think that's wise, actually. I think that's wise. What, you, what about you, Brett? Would you, where, where uh, would you sit same on Same as Justin. Same, uh, same, if, yeah. if he had the appropriate policies and um, his direction was clear, yeah. Uh, otherwise, no. Because I have a feeling that there's a, a handful of people, possibly a minority, 
quite probably a minority, that might just vote for him just because of who he is, regardless oh, well, of what his policies there are. There are people who vote for the McGillicuddy Serious Party when they oh, yeah, that's go, right. aren't they in almost every election? <laughs> yeah, actually, no, I think they disappeared a few elections ago, but no. they, they were for a while, yeah, that's yeah. right. They're a satirical party, and, and they had these, you know, crazy, you know, made-up policies. Anyway, so that's exactly right, Brett. He's got, he's got a few things. He's got the political party, he's got mega box which is the music uh, service, and of course, as you said, he's also concentrating on his defence on, uh, you know, regarding the extradition charges. Mm. There you go. And by the way, he's unblocked me from Twitter as well. He blocked me a while ago, and now he's unblocked me. So thanks, Kim. I, I can now see your tweets. Why did he block you? I don't know. What did you say? I don't know. This is the thing. I don't know what I did. What did I do wrong? I have no idea. I wish I knew. I wish I knew. You said something bad about him on the podcast. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Which would be weird because <laughs> we've been relatively supportive. No, look, I, I have no idea. Maybe it was an oversight. I don't know. I have no idea. But he blocked me. I was blocked for a few months and um, about, I don't know, two or three weeks ago, he, or maybe a bit longer than that actually, he, um, he unblocked me. So anyway, who knows? And last story then to... to uh, claim to fame. It's my claim. Well, my claim to fame for Kim.com is not just the fact that he unblocked me, but I did get a response from him. I think I might have mentioned this on the on this podcast before, where um, shortly after the raids, well, a little while after the raids, he said, he tweeted, oh, thank you very much, everyone, for your support. It's a really, really tough time I'm going through right now. And I tweeted back saying, oh, I'm sorry. I thought it was a really, really tough time that John Key and the GCSB are going through. And, and he wrote back with a smiley face. <laughs> <laughs> So that, that was my claim to fame uh, with, uh, regarding Kim.com. Anyway, and last story, Android, the next version, is going to be called... KitKat. Yay, KitKat. Yeah, um, they're teaming up with Nestle. That's not really the, um, the, the next version, because it's, it's been the next version for a while. It's 4.4. Yeah, 4.4. What used to be called Key Lime Pie. That's right. It was going to be called... Is it? It's not out, though. No. Yeah, but, yeah, that's but right. it's they been had called it, Key Lime Pie since... That's right. Yeah, first. absolutely. I've never heard of that before. Really? Okay. No, not as a dessert, as as a as a you know as a, a a Google internal name. I've heard that, but that's the only time I've heard it. You've never heard of key lime pie no, dessert? No, is it? It's have delicious. You just, have you? I've, I've never heard of it. I mean, I, I had to look it up, and all yeah, I could see was I, that I it looked like a lemon meringue pie. <laughs> <laughs> it's delicious. I, I have no doubt it's delicious. Did you did, did you go to this? It's, it must be an American thing, though. Did you? Well, yeah, it's Florida. So, it's so, like the state so, pie so of did, Florida. So where did you hear about it? Um, you can get key lime pie in New Zealand at oh, New you? World. Yes. Can you? Yes, you can. Really? I've never seen it myself. <laughs> I don't doubt that, though. I don't but doubt you know it. what? Next time I go to New World, I'm going to look out for In fact, I might even buy key lime pie. Hey, by the way. Tastes just, delicious. Just a little side thing. You, you might recall about... McDonald's also had it. Really? Yeah, a couple of years ago. Do they have it at Fidel's ca- uh, Cafe? Yeah, Fidel's Cafe. We're here I at Fidel's. No we should go ask them. Should we go ask them if they've got key lime pie? I'll go and have a look. Okay, Justin's going to go up to the counter and have a look. Go on, you do that now. We're, we're live at Fidel's, so uh, he's going to go up now to the counter. <laughs> but here see. we obviously have the reason which they're changing it to Kit Kat. Lots of people have no idea what key lime pie is. No, and, well, that's the thing, and, 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 and that's one of the reasons why they're, they're changing it. I'm just waiting for Justin to come back. Um, so they've moved it to KitKat, and they've licensed that name with Nestle, and they've yeah. made a deal with Nestle to um, produce a, a whole heap of KitKat bars with Android, yeah. the Android logo, yep. Android branding on the KitKat yeah. bars, and they've got a competition where you can win yourself some KitKat Android swag. Really? 
Oh, Justin's back and he's saying no. Fidel's no, do not do, key, don't lime do key lime pie. Oh. Justin, find out if they do Kit Kats. <laughs> no, no. You can get a Kit Kat at the dairy. You can get a Kit Kat. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Um, Yes, that's right. And apparently, in this deal, no money has exchanged hands. It's just a a, a mutual, mutually beneficial. Well, set, uh, set up. I would say some licensing fees and money for no. stuff has changed. No, hands, no, but, no. They're saying they haven't. Well, what I got was that they did not put money on the table to create this, but I would have expected them to have. Well, it did seem that they paid for licensing. Well, it would surprise me if either side did. Yeah, to, well, that's just what I'm simply thinking. because of the amount of. Yeah. of Free advertising that Nestle get with an operating system and the most popular mobile uh, operating system in the world at the moment, and KitKat. I yeah. think it's just as valuable to Nestle as it is to Google, but I don't know. Um, anyway, look out for it uh, when it comes out. When, when is it due? Does anyone know? No idea. All right, we'll have to Google that. All right, guys. We can probably that- get a developer preview already. Oh, by the way, what I started saying before was you might recall a few months ago. I, I referred to goat curry, and we even called one of our podcast episodes, I think something about to do with goat curry, and I said, I committed that I would have a goat curry before the end of the month. Now, I failed to meet that, but the other day... Shock horror. But, but the other day, I did try some goat meat for the first time. It wasn't a curry, but it was, it was in a dish. Then it was still a fail. <laughs> you he's, still have he's not He's so succeed. harsh, isn't he, Justin? It's got to be a goat curry, Edwin. <laughs> what? Go curry. It's the best way to have a goat. <laughs> okay. <laughs> best way to have a goat. I think I'm going to make that the title of the podcast. Best way to have a goat. Thank you, Brett, for the, for the wonderful words there. In the, You're welcome. In the last minute. Anyway, that is it, folks. That is episode 231 of the Boys of Tech for another week. And, of course, next time we, we gather, we, we'll have covered what, what this big Apple event is, this rumour of what's going to come out. Let's not dwell on it now, though. That, that'll be next week. Justin, I want to thank you very, very much for your first appearance on Boys of Tech. It's been fantastic. Thank you very much, Ed. I loved it. Excellent. Well, we loved having you here. And uh, Brett, also, thank you very much for, for co-hosting. Always a pleasure, Ed. All right, we'll do it again next week. Thank you, everyone. Thanks for joining us. See you next week. Take care. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Cheers. Thanks for joining us. This is the Boys of Tech. <laughs> this. <laughs>